You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, guys. Welcome to today's show. Now, I'm going to warn you right now, this is the episode for you. You're not listening to this one by accident. There is so much good meat to this conversation, and it's all because I've got Jeremy Kerber on with Fit to Hunt. Now, it's not just about staying fit physically. This guy pushes you to become the best version of yourself, be the best parent or spouse or child, employer, employee, whatever roles it is that you're filling right now in your life, he pushes you to be better at them. On top of that, he urges physical and mental, emotional, financial, spiritual fitness and tries to get people to just be all around better. I mean, just the best version of yourself. And so there, I'm, I'm telling you right now, no matter what state of mind you're in right now, you're going to benefit from this episode. I don't really know what else to say. Jeremy's awesome. I look forward to connecting with him in person. And as you can tell, I'm pretty pumped up about this. So enough rambling. Let's jump into the show with Jeremy. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've probably seen 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. At this point in the year, we've all got a pretty good idea of where we're going to be hunting this fall. But now what? If you're anything like me, scouting just got moved to the top of your priority list. Luckily, Vortex has a wide variety of spotting scopes, tripods, and binoculars to get the job done right. 
I'm going to be spending the rest of my summer behind my Fury 5000 binoculars or getting an up-close look with my Razer HD spotting scope. So if you want to spend the rest of your summer setting yourself up for success this fall, whether that's in the woods of Missouri or the mountains of Colorado, check out what's new from Vortex at vortexoptics.com and head to your favorite Vortex dealer to make sure you're ready for everything fall can throw at you. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is Jeremy Kerber, and he's with fit to hunt He reached out on social media. We started chatting here and there, and I'm super excited to talk to you, Jeremy, because I'm in the southeast corner of Missouri. You're in the, sorry, southwest. You're in the northeast. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to hear how the hunting changes from here to there and to hear what you're doing with Fit to Hunt. So thanks for joining me. That's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having us. Uh, Why don't you start out, for the people who aren't familiar with you, why don't you just share a little bit about your background and kind of what you're up to these days (laughs) in the outdoors? Yep. So, you know, it's kind of funny to think about that. I've been doing this for 26 years now as a, as a fitness professional. And, you know, people always ask, how did you, a lot of times people say, wow, this is weird. Or how did you come across that? I'm like, you ever gone on an elk hunt? Like, it's not really weird at all. If you start to really think about the fact that this might be the only time you get to go on this kind of makes sense to, to enjoy it, you know, to be able to, to perform that. So, you know, the story goes like this. Um, seven years ago, I was laying around watching outdoor television and I'm watching whatever incarnation of Meat Eater was at that time. It's not the same. It wasn't the same channel that's on right now. I forget what, what, what network it is on, but I'm watching that and, and a commercial for a wilderness athlete comes on. And I start thinking about this because you're thinking about the time frame, and you're starting to see, you know, companies like Under Armour take a bigger play in this. And then you see the, the kind of the, the metaphoric rise of Cam Haynes and you see a, a supplement company because they were one of the first ones to actually focus in on, you know, the outdoor athlete. And I said two things. I said, I'm going to do this. And then I said, and I'm going to work with wilderness athlete. And by God, today we do, we do both of those things. So yeah. it really was a situation of, we loved the outdoors and we're mostly, midwestern you know whitetail turkey things like that but you know we have trained quite a few individuals that do the the mule deer hunts the elk hunts and that's been a trip as well because no one hunt no one hunter is the same so there's there's all kinds of things that go into that bucket but you know the the ultimate was got a passion for fitness and we love the outdoors um what would it be like if we were to just meld these two together and help people you know a tagline we use that we don't necessarily use all the time because it's kind of long is you know hey we can help you prepare for the hunt of a lifetime or just hunt for a lifetime that that's a big deal for me because grandpa is 87 he still goes out on solo deer and turkey hunts and he's slowing down but yeah you know he can do that i want to be that you know and so it's like i think there's other folks out there too that once they uh What's the t-shirt say or the meme say? You want to know how out of shape you are? Drag a deer. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we want to help people get the most out of it, whether it's improving their habitat or hiking or camping or fishing. Um, that's the, the, the ultimate right there. And then the guise of it all is if I'm helping you do this and you're enjoying it and you're working out and maybe eating a little bit better and you're managing your stress, guess what you're going to be? 
you're going to be a healthier person, a better dad, a better mom, a better friend, brother, sister. And ultimately, it's always about cliche being better. And, and that's yeah. what we're hopefully, hopefully, you know, inspiring people to do. Yeah, that's awesome. I love, I love that uh, tagline hunt for a lifetime or for the hunt of a lifetime, because mm -hmm. I, I'm in that same boat, like not that long ago, I, I used to, you know, have the six pack, I could run all day long, I could do all these different activities. And then uh, the business of life came and I just didn't put fitness as a priority at all. And I was like, one, my wife was noticing my dad bod just getting more pronounced. And uh, I, I said, screw this, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna do something about it. I, I always tell people you can't complain about it if you're not willing to work on it. And so I was like, I can't, I can't sit here and gripe about my body if I'm not actually actively trying to change it. And so I started that and I was like, I want to be in better shape when I go on these elk hunts. I want to be in better shape when I go hiking with my buddies or mountain biking. And, uh, one of the kickers was last fall. I went up to Wisconsin for the rifle season and I'm like, all right, I've hunted out in Colorado. I've packed elk out from a couple miles, like hiking this 40 acre woodlot with a deer or dragging a deer, no big deal. And then I did it and I was like, holy crap, like this is a big deal. I am gassed right now. And yeah, I, I definitely am in the same boat as you. I don't want to be that 70 year old guy who can't go out on his own, who has to take a four wheeler everywhere he goes because he can't make it to the tree stand. And I know people like that. I've got family members like that. I've got friends who have dads that are fairly young and they can't do it. And I just don't want to limit myself from the number one passion outside of God and my family. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to eliminate that from my life just because age caught up with me. Mm -hmm. No. And I think what tends to happen, I mean, you know, you, you if you look at the statistics and, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of, I don't think paraphrase is the right word, but I'm just going to talk in generalities. You know, the average age of, you know, a bow hunter, and I'm talking about not a guy that switched over to crossbow, which again, I could care less. I, I love my 270. You hunt with what you want to hunt with, but you know, compound bow, you, we see people all the time that rotator cuff injuries or just, you know, shoulder dysfunction in general. That's a big deal. Do you like bow hunting? Okay. Um, when it comes to uh, uh, just the, I hear it all the time, man, I, I better get out there because if I can't get out there now, you know, I may not get there. And they're like 45, 50 years old, I'm 47. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, and, and so what I've noticed, even, you know, around the neighborhood, all right, I know people right now that if they go out to mow their yard in July, they got to go take a two hour nap. And I'm like, that's problem. You know, yeah. not that it's hot and humid and whatnot. Yeah, that's going to wear you out a little bit. But if you are so fatigued and sore from mowing your yard in a suburban, you know, neighborhood, we should have a conversation. Because one of my clients, and he's a he's a whitetail hunter too. <laughs> he told me this one time. He's like, "Hey, dude, I'm not going to get a chance to hunt much this year." And I said, "Oh man, that stinks." He goes, "No, no, 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 no. You don't understand. My business is growing. I had a you know two small kids and whatnot." He goes. I'm hunting. I'm just hunting different things and whitetails this year. And I'm like, I love that because, yeah. you know, when people find out that we also train, like my client this morning is a 78 year old grandma. They're like, how does that work? I'm like, we all hunt different things. And just because that's our niche doesn't mean that we don't work with all kinds of people. 
we just kind of get excited about helping that individual, you know, have the ability to go put in food plots and hang stands and not be so sore for the next two, three, four days that they can't get out and do stuff. So if you really pay attention to what we do, because like I cut my teeth on what I call the wellness continuum. Everybody thinks it's about how many apples you eat and how many pushups you can do. And that's certainly important. Physical, physical health and wellness is huge, but so is financial wellness. Because if you are constantly living paycheck to paycheck, your priorities will switch because now you're trying to get as much money made as possible and your, your health is going to take a, a sidestep uh, side to this. Are your relationships strong? You know, if you're married, what does that relationship look like? Because I've actually watched people get divorced where one, one spouse was overweight, got really fit. The other spouse wasn't quite on the same boat and it caused a, so I mean, that right there was a level of wellness, spiritual wellness, um, occupational wellness. If you hate what you do and your stress levels are so toxic, chances are it's going to spill over. So when we talk about it's more, you know, our philosophy is it's more than just your, your, your exercise and your fitness. Naturally, people are going to come to us because of exercise and fitness. But when we have conversations with clients, or uh, you know, really anyone from social media, you know, those are questions that we're going to ask because it matters. Um, and, and I think that's one thing that also differentiates us because anybody can put together a smash exercise program. You could go on Google right now and you could write up a little AMRAP and you, you know, you'd, be, you'd be smashed in 15 minutes, throw up on the floor, you're done. Oh, wow, I worked out. That was great. Awesome. But you know, pick a topic. And we could probably talk for hours on, you know, intensity or the right type of workouts or what should you be doing uh, seven months out compared to 30 days out. I mean, it is absolutely endless. And that's the beauty of this as well, is that every client is going to have a different need, a different challenge. You know, the guy that I'm training right now, he's 53 to go on an elk hunt in New Mexico that's guided that is, you know, they've got a really nice uh, uh, lodge they're going to. He'll hike, but he's going back to some luxury in the evening. Yeah, His level of preparedness is going to be different than the guy that literally packs in five miles out and has had a base camp at whatever elevation, and then is going to go another up there, and it's all DIY. Totally different types of preparation that needs to happen physically for that. Still preach, you might want to over-prepare just in case, but that being said, um, you know, you talk about walking around on, on uh, your 40 acres. I found myself getting tired, and I do this for a living, on my 40 acres during turkey season because I would make the rounds. You know, I'd hunt here, I'd hunt there, I'd hunt there. And you're, you're split squats, you're doing lunges, you're getting down, you're getting up, you're moving, you're crawling. And at the end of the day, I'm like, whew, if that's turkey hunting, I better really get to work for, you know, this elk hunt that we're planning and whatnot, but it's a different, it's different physical challenges. And so that's what we have to think about as coaches and trainers is what, what do you need to do? Cause most people are going to say, I'll turkey hunt and you walk out there and you sit down and you, and you're, you're sitting against a tree. Yes. However, I will, I will bet you a hundred bucks that if you're in shape, I'll help you fill tags quicker because you're going to be more nimble. You're going to be able to creep through the woods more effectively if you have to belly crawl 
you can do it with a little more style versus looking like a, you know, a sea lion out there kind of flopping across the way, you know, we'll help you. And then the other side of that equation is what about flexibility or range of motion? Does your back hurt? Can you sit there for long periods of time? Can you, I don't know about you, but I've, I've killed more whitetail and turkeys by being stubborn and just not leaving where other yeah. people are like my back hurts. I can't sit here much longer. I'm like, I got to, I can outlast these guys. I can sit here until they decide they're going to come or feed my way. And there's all kinds of little nuances to stand that people don't, they think about the elk hunting or mule deer or doll sheep or something along, but they don't think about how the simple ability to be able to sit in your stand and draw fluidly. I was out at a, uh, bow shop yesterday my son's getting stronger he's a wrestler he uh he's grown a little bit so we went out to the to our bow shop and we got adjusted and whatnot and we we're talking about poundage because he's just pulling back you know 55 60 pounds like it's like it's nothing and so we said okay here's the trick take your feet off the ground and sit there with no base whatsoever and how fluid because if you're sitting there and you're doing this in a tree stand wobbling all around that ain't stealthy you know yeah. at some point something's going to look up and be like what is that and flag and gone so you know i'm rambling here but the, the point i'm trying to get at is you know if do you want to do you want to be more effective in the outdoors have more fun um be healthier you know if if diabetes runs in your family if heart disease runs in your family that's kind of the side thing we're going to talk about over here but really we're going to work on you getting better for the field and reducing your risk for diabetes is just a side effect of yeah. that and it's a, it's a beautiful concept because <laughs> go to the doctor and they say hey you know you lose, blood pressure getting a little high you need to lose a little weight and you're like ah, you know hey man you've got 30 pounds lighter you're going to be hiking through these mountains you're going to move better really well let's do that and it it's the same thing except they have a reason to do it over here whereas just saying man i'm getting kind of dad body over here they're like yeah that that don't phase them yeah put it into performance and especially if you love this stuff and it, it changes the, the outlook of why I might be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always done what I needed to, to perform well at certain things. And when I start seeing like, I mean, I've always been physical. I, I love playing sports. I play pickup basketball a couple nights a week. I'll go play pickleball with my mother-in-law. Like, if there's something physical to be done, I'm probably going to be involved to some extent. But I severely underestimated turkey hunting. <laughs> I got into it very recently. Yeah. And some of the most tired moments of my life in the woods have been going after turkeys. Like you mm -hmm. said, you mm -hmm. know, you end up belly crawling. Or how easily can you duck underneath a four strand barbed wire fence so that your clothes aren't getting caught so that you can make that final 30 yard approach mm -hmm. on a Tom that's strutting out there by a couple hens. Mm -hmm. We did it this year. I, I probably could have wrung 12 cups of water out of my clothes after yeah. going after one turkey. Yeah. I mean, we, we crawled on our hands and knees. Yep. I had my shotgun in one hand, so I can't put all my weight down on that. I had a Turkey fan in the other hand. So I'm like on my knuckles and my knees for 400 yards <laughs> and we made it work, but I guarantee it wouldn't have been as excruciating had I been in better shape, had I been training for it, had I been yeah. prepared. I wish I'd had this hunt on film because my dad's farm down in Southeast Missouri is kind of an odd shape. And so there's like a, a U section of timber that we don't own. So we own fields and a little timber over here. We own fields and a little timber over there about five years ago. And um, 
struck up a bird and he, he wouldn't come whatnot. So I'm like, okay. So I walk all the way around this big U. So we're talking about, I'd say a quarter mile and I get up there and there's a couple of jakes and a few hens pecking around. And all of a sudden he rings out right about where I was. And I'm like, well, shoot. So I take that quarter mile back around crawling under fences, the whole nine yards, get set up, get decoys. I look at the top of the hill and I see a couple of turkeys run across the way. And, and then where I was, he hammers. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So now I'm a half mile into it. So I hustle back around. I did that at least two or three more times and never got him. He got within, he was within 25 yards of where I was at, but he would not break cover. I mean, he's the decoys are there. He was not buying whatever I was selling at that point. And finally he started to move away. And it's probably the only time in my life I've ever done this. I'm like, you win brother. I'm, I'm done because I had probably done two miles back and forth, back and forth, back and forth just to get set up. But it was, it was, I wouldn't have been able to do that if, yeah. if I didn't have some level of conditioning to that. And, um, you know, we've talked to people before. I mean, we've, we've helped people that are like, look, I just want to be able to climb into a tree stand. I don't feel safe climbing into a tree stand. Now, to ladder stand, you know, most people yeah. are going to think to themselves, oh, I'll just hook in this thing. If you feel unsafe climbing a ladder stand because of either your weight or your conditioning, that's going to suck the joy out of, you know, you're stuck to the ground. You're stuck yeah. to the ground, a ground blind, uh, brush blind, whatever. So, you know, helping people can come in a myriad of different fashions. And I think the biggest thing you said it while ago, I wanted to touch on that about, you know, the six pack, six packs are great. Being ripped is great. But like, if you look at Nick, Nick's a power lifter. He's like a big, like Russian bear is what he's like. And he's not ripped. But I guarantee you that if you wanted to get strong or cut fat or get conditioned, he's going to be able to help you do that. And really, at the end of the day, I tell people I could probably be a little more ripped than I am right now, but I like steak and pizza and a little beer here and there. So, you know, you've got to pick and choose what you want. But honest to goodness, the. Uh, and I'm always trying to figure out I, I got a process I call EBIs, even better if, you know, this program was good but it could be even better if we do this. So when I was at that beast mode archery challenge, this was, a, this was a hall, man. So this was in, um, uh, I was in Mount Horeb, Barnavold, right up by Vector, uh, 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 Vector optics. Um, oh, yeah. so, so the, the, it's on a uh, ski resort. So you put 40 pounds in your pack and everybody does a three mile ruck and they've got targets that they're going to shoot. That's phase one. Phase two is more of an obstacle course and it's timed. So you're going to run up here. You're going to shoot two targets. You're going to run 200 yards this way. You're going to go under a log and over. You're going to come back down. You're going to drag an 80 pound sled, hundred yards and back. You're going to run over here. You're going to pull 70 pounds on this pulley up and down three times. And you're going to do it again. All right. So that's timed and scored based on accuracy. And then the third stage was an 80 pound pack out 1.75 miles to the top of the mountain, not from the mountain down from the bottom up. And these athletes were amazing. And there were a couple guys that were what I would describe as just shredded. They looked like campaigns. I mean, they were just, you, you go down to uh, Academy and you see the mannequins that have the Under Armour stuff <laughs> on and there. And he was the only guy that I've ever seen stand relaxed and his abs were sticking through his, his shirt. That's awesome. A lot of these other guys though, you know, you looked at them and there was one guy who he just looked like a wiry athlete. And he yeah. absolutely crushed it. And then there were other guys that had a lot of body fat on them. They weren't ripped, 
but by God, they just crushed that course. One of the most fit guys ended up placing last in, in um, a couple of categories. They had one guy that was 64 with two knee replacements 18 months ago who actually beat out a lot of the 25, 30 year olds that were in that event. Jeez. So, but it opened up, it, it, we, we knew this, okay? You do not have to be, this is not about getting ripped. This is not about what you look like on social media, how you do your lighting or what, this is not it at all. If you want that, that's awesome. We can show you how that works too, because one of our coaches is a, uh, she has a professional fitness uh, competition card. You know, she's done the whole bodybuilding scene. You, you can have that, but you probably aren't going to like it so much to, yeah. to, to get to that level. You know, you may find out that, man, you know, maybe a four pack and looking good at the pool is good enough. And oh, by the way, I just crushed whatever hunt that I went on. That that's, that's where we think, um, there's a lot of opportunity because I think the internet lies to people in terms of what fitness should, should be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got three clients right now that are 71, all they're all 71 years old and they all are in slightly different places in life. And all of them are really, really fit and can do some pretty incredible things. I mean, I'm sure, you know, what, like what, what a Bulgarian split squat is, you know, you're yep. 71 years old you used to put your foot back on a bench and rip out 10 reps. That's pretty, that's impressive. pretty awesome. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's part lifestyle, part programming It's part, it's part this up here is part mindset. And, um, man, I tell you, that's, I've worked primarily with the older adult anyway, my entire career that 55 up and, you know, I, for the first 20 years of my career, I got to play and, and kind of test this stuff out to see man, what's really going to work? So like we train a lot of people and have clients that are, you know, in their twenties and thirties, but we're starting to actually develop a little bit of a niche within a niche because now we're starting to attract those guys that are in their fifties that want to continue to public land duck hunt, to, to elk hunt, to do that stuff. They're, they're not content to just say, Oh, I did it. That was great. I'm done. One of our guys just went to uh, this is a cool story. And I didn't know this until I talked to him. Because part of our coaching program is we have an accountability call once a week with our online clients. You know, it's like, hey, tell me how things are going and whatnot. So he was up in Alaska fishing and um, he's got two knee replacements and he's just a beast. He's 58 years old and I actually have to pull him back. He's one of those clients. That I'm like, look, dude, you, you can't do what you want to do like this. You're going to you're going to you're going to burn out because he's got a bear hunt coming up in April. And so. He's like, I want to be in pinnacle shape. I'm like, if you are in pinnacle shape now, you will be a puddle by the time next spring rolls around. So trust me on this. We just have to gradually keep you in great shape. And as you get closer to your uh, hunt, we'll ramp it up. That's, that's yeah. how we're going to do that. But he goes up to Alaska for 10 days and he shoots me this picture. He's got this big old salmon in front of him. And, and, and Bill's like six foot four. He's a big guy. So he's, you know, even the holding that fish out. I mean, it's, it's, the guy was like, this is one of the biggest fish we've ever seen pulled out of this particular river. And he's texting me back and forth. And he's like, you know, um, I cried right after that picture. And I was like, you cried? What are you talking about, man? And uh, he didn't tell me he was doing this, but his brother passed away several years ago. And they, they went to, and did special things together. They're big duck hunters up in the Chesapeake Bay. They've done this. They've done that. What he did was when, when he goes to special places like that, he takes just a little bit of his brother's ashes and he pours them in the water, right? He poured 
his brother's ashes in the water and made a cast and caught that fish. Jeez. All within a matter of seconds. And he goes, I just, I, I got it in and I sat there and I cried and I went, that's the kind of stuff I, uh, that it gives you tingles and it makes me want to work harder for these guys because, or, and girls, I mean, we have female clients too. So it's, uh, it's stuff like that, that, you know, 58 years old and, He's like, what's the next challenge? You know, bear hunts. And then I'm going on and he goes, he's like, Hey, I'm going to do a sheep hunt. I'm like, all right, man, we'll just, <laughs> we'll just keep on going. So you tell me what you want to do. We'll get her done. But it's, it's a pleasure, man. It really is. Yeah. That's, that's so cool to hear in. I mean, I feel like a lot of us want to be that guy, you know, mm -hmm. where it's like, dude, I want to, I want to push myself. I want to challenge yeah. myself even more. Yeah. And the mental toughness side of it is a huge part of it. I, I've started doing things. I, I had a guy in college. He's like, well, he used to always say your, your mom is not going to make your bed forever. <laughs> and then he would say, listen, if you want to become more mentally tough, start with little things, do something that you don't want to do every single day. He's like, nobody wants to wake up and before they do anything else, make their bed before they leave the house, just make your bed. He's mm -hmm. like, start with that. Make your bed every single day before mm -hmm. you walk out the door and it's going to create a habit and you're going to get more comfortable with something that is just uncomfortable to step outside of your normal routine to do it. And the mental toughness side of it, I've seen guys out there that, you know, aren't in great physical shape and, or at least they could be in a lot better shape and they'll kick my butt up the mountain and they're twice my age. And I'm like, what in the world? And they just have that mental toughness and grit. And when you can pair all of those things, like you were saying earlier, uh, just all around wellness, mm -hmm. It, it's going to make you a better hunter, a more alert hunter, a better spouse, employee, boss, whatever you are in life. And man, it's, it's really fun when I talk to people like you who have that figured out yeah. and share these stories because it makes me want to just continue to grow, continue yeah. to be better. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, and you hit the nail on the head is that most people you see it in January all the time, you know, it, it's the whole new year's resolution thing. And I'm going to change everything. And even nutritionally, when people come and they say, Hey, can you help us with their nutrition? I'm like, sure. Well, what should I do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And they look at us kind of like we're crazy because a good coach, I mean, here's the deal. I've done this for a long time and I can tell you exactly what to do, but to get buy-in, I need you to work with me and let's talk through what you like, what you don't like, what your goals are, et cetera. Because if we come up to a, an accord that, man, I eat, I eat five donuts for breakfast every morning. And, okay. Well, tell me more about that. Where could we make a change? Well, maybe I really like donuts. Well, could you, could you maybe eat one donut instead of five and see how that starts? And people look at you and like, but they're still eating donuts. I'm like, but they're not eating five of them. They're eating yeah. one. And you start to, build and snowball on that because the biggest the biggest thing is that and i forget the exact the exact statistic uh it was through the uh precision precision nutrition uh methodology but um one i'll make this up because it's pretty close one change you are like 66 percent likely to make that change stick okay you add in two changes and the percentage drops to like 33 to 39% success rate. That's just two little small changes. So when someone's like, I'm going to, 
I'm going to exercise five days a week and I'm going to change. I'm going to eat more apples and I'm going to eat a protein shake. I'm like, whoa, pump the brakes, man. Because what you're telling me right now is that you're, you're going to fail and you're going to burn out within, within a week. So it's the idea of helping them. How about we figure this out? You know, if, if you're struggling with what to eat, let's focus on teaching you how to make something. I don't know what that something is. Maybe it's a recipe. Maybe it's like a salad with some sort of protein, like a summer salad. You know, now you know how to cook something. Now you know how to prepare something. You got that? Yeah, I got that. Okay. What would the next thing be? You know, and all of a sudden you start to learn how to do because there are plenty of shake programs. There's plenty of point programs. There's plenty of, you know, here's a piece of paper, follow this program. But by and large, when you, quit the program you go back to what it was because you don't know anything other than how to just paint by numbers if you learn how to do this along the way nutrition we make nutrition way more complicated than it has to be now if you've got a gluten allergy or you're diabetic or you know there's something really you know medically that's a different animal but for the vast majority of apparently healthy individuals you know, if we, if you're eating cleaner protein, and by the way, okay, hang on, food is through the freaking roof right now. How happy, I'm sure you are too. How happy are you to have freezers full of, it may not be quote organic, because I mean, they're eating stuff that's been sprayed with Roundup and I get that. I, I, I admit that, but I'll tell you a quick story about my wife here in just a moment. And it should prove my point to have, you know, really clean organic meat in your freezer and then, by the way, now what do we do? Well, let's teach you about like a, a good carbohydrate protein source like quinoa or, you know, let's just talk about maybe getting a green salad in at night and we'll focus on that. You know, what about supplements? Well, let's talk about supplements when you get this other because supplements are great, but supplement. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? It's yeah. not. It's, yeah, it's, it's designed to add to it, not be it. Um, I met my wife, Dan, and, you know, she knew I was a hunter and it was all good and First Thanksgiving, I'm with her mom and dad, and she would not eat turkey. And come to find out, like, if she eats turkey, she has, like, severe gastrointestinal issues. If she eats dressing that was made with turkey drippings or even little bits of turkey meat, she would get sicker than a dog. And so for years, she wouldn't eat turkey. So after, I don't know, four or five years of me hunting and bringing home turkeys, and I was making, I was smoking a, a breast one day. She goes, I want to try that. And I said, bad idea. We're supposed to go out tonight. I don't know that I would do this. And she goes, no, no, I want to try it. And so she ate a piece and she ate another piece and she ate another piece. Nothing, no gastrointestinal issues whatsoever. Now, you know, as well as I do that it takes a wild turkey, a good three years to be 21 to say 23 pounds. I mean, that's, that's kind of how it works in nature where a farmer's turkey can be 35 to 40 pounds in six months. What are they, what are they putting in that turkey that's causing her to have this? I don't know, but that's the story, you know? So when you think about what you're getting, whether it's a squirrel or a fish or, you know, I'll hedge my bets over here with what I'm procuring in the wild versus what they're manufacturing on a, and then we're also lucky too, because dad's a farmer. And so we usually get a side of beef from them that we know where that comes from too. So we, we yeah. are blessed in that capacity, but um, no, man, I, I dig the line. And that's where I think kind of like, even 
it's not so much that our, our business model is forming or changing, but we talk a lot now about the lifestyle, the lifestyle, exercise. Exercise should make your life better. It should not be your life. So, you know, how we, how we teach it, excuse me, how we preach it, um, bringing in a spiritual element. You know, I, I, you, I, we never want to be the, uh, the organization that becomes the, the TV evangelist. Okay. That, that, but I mean, you may look at our social and you'll see on Sundays, we typically will try to do some form of, of, of Bible verse that, you know, is poignant to our messaging in some capacity, whether it's about overcoming obstacles or your mindset or working through hard times. Um, and then, you know, what I think a lot of people, it's, it's really odd. You know, um, I know, I know your, your TikTok channel is like, you know, going through the roof. I've just, and it's not that I refuse to do it. It's like, where am I going to put another piece of social media in my life? Yeah. So, you know, like the content that we're putting out there, we, we put our content out. It is planned. It is purposeful. You know, we have a, uh, a free exercise of the week email. And I know people are like, oh, another email, but I'm like, Hey, if you want it, we put a, a new exercise out every week, usually with either one of our blogs that we've written. I also write for uh, Drury Deercast, so sometimes I'll put a Deercast article in there, um, nutrition tip, things like that. And we're like, we're giving, if you just follow us, if you're like, oh, dude, I ain't got the cash to work with you, I'm like, follow us. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one day you like us enough, you buy a t-shirt, because we like to see that too. You know, maybe you, maybe you dig us enough or maybe you buy one of our DIY programs. Those are 20 bucks. That's not going to you know, bake the brain. Break the bank, I'll get it there. But at the end of the day, if you do nothing, if you don't buy a single thing off of us, you should be able to follow us and it should impact your life in a positive manner. And so that's kind of where we started with the whole community lifestyle aspect, which again can get cliche because everybody wants a community and everybody wants to, to talk about their thing. However, um, and this is something we hang our hats on. If you walk away from us without anything else, if you can't say we're genuine, then we've done our job wrong. You know, we, 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 that's something that has been very important. And that's not something we seek, but that's feedback that we've gotten when working with companies like Wilderness Athlete or Beast Mode Archery or whatnot is that, you know, they couldn't believe that I drove six and a half hours to go up there and help them with their, with their archery event. I'm like, dude, you know, we're working together. You've got an archery event. You need volunteers. What I said, you've got me for. 48 hours. Where do you, where do you need me? And so, yeah. you know, I helped him on the course and my, you know, whatever he needed, we, we helped him on that day. That's a, that's an awesome event, by the way, if you're looking for, Oh yeah. If you're looking for a challenge that will, because trust me, if you can do that, you're hundred percent ready to go kill an elk. I mean, honest to goodness, if you can do that, that, that day long event, you are without a doubt ready to go. And, and Brian Austin is the, uh, uh, you know, I'll make a quick plug for him. He'd be a good guest as well. He, uh, he runs an outstanding event and the heart and soul, blood, tears, sweat, whatever you want to say, he puts into that thing. I mean, it's his passion and, uh, you know, it's a smaller, but growing event that you're going to, I think you're going to see in the, uh, rising up in the outdoor industry. He, he does a great job, man. The, the events like that, that bring people together that kind of have common goals, common mindsets and passions mm -hmm. are, are just cool. I had not gone to. I think I went to one Ducks Unlimited deal years mm -hmm. ago. I mean, as a kid, I went there. And other than that, I hadn't been to any trade shows, any big events like this. Mm -hmm. And this last year, I went to one out in Utah. It was the Big Game Expo. Yeah. And holy cow, it was so amazing mm -hmm. to see that. But then you pair that with competition. 
and you know a physical element and shooting and uh this year we've got like a half a dozen different ones on the list to attend oh and awesome like some people like to go to music events or concerts festivals whatever yeah like yeah. I, I feel like I'm completely hooked on outdoor events like that. On outdoor so. events. Oh, you know, and while I said Vector, Vector was the aero company, Vortex. That's what I was trying to get at. Vortex was the optics. Um, one of the coolest things that we, that I saw, cause again, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody get in an 80 pound pack, but they, they roll into it on the ground like a turtle and then they roll over and they stand up. And so, you know, as my job on the mountain was as they were coming through, I had my laptop and everybody was assigned a number. So if you're 19, I hit 19, it stops it. And when they would cross the finish line, they collapsed. Like they had their trick sticks and they're walking and, and they just, they, they had no more left in the tank. So the first guy fell through, you know, the volunteers helped him out. But then what I saw, and I don't know if this is an unwritten rule, I've never been to one of these before, but as competitors would cross the line and collapse, two people will come up and they'd say, unhook the pack. I got you. I got you. And they would take that pack off the back and help that person over and give them water. And then the next person would come up and then the next person would come up. So we're sitting there and we're like, you know, a couple of people had dropped out. You know, it was, it was after a crappy day. It rained all day long. And we're like, I oh, don't know. I think there's still somebody on out there and, and out comes this guy. Okay. And he's the last competitor on the course and he's about 120 yards away. I'm not sure what the, what the elevation was on this, but it was a lot. And he's got his sticks there and he's just standing there and he's not moving. And we're like, okay, is what's going to happen here? What I saw again, I like the, I like the tingles moment. The first five or six guys that crossed the finish line marched down the hill. And as they're marching down the hill, there's about 65 people on top of this mountain. They line, they line this ski run and they get down there and they don't grab him. Okay. But they line up like three or four guys on the side of him. And they just start marching him up the hill and he takes one step and he takes another and he kind of stops for a second. And then he just starts, you could just see, I mean, every step was painful. Every step was hurting and, you know, people are screaming and they're yelling for him and he crosses the finish line and collapsed. And I mean, it was just, it was a moment. And I was dumb enough to not be filming any of this <laughs> because it's like, I can't explain what it was like. Cause if I, if I just had my iPhone out, and, you know, it's going to look like a little bitty thing down here as they march up that hill. That's how cool it was. And I'm like, wow. You know, I told Brian afterwards, I said, dude, I'll come up here anytime you want just for the opportunity to, to be around these people and, and see this. I mean, it was that good. Yeah. The, the community side <laughs> of it, I mean, it really does just blow your mind sometime. I haven't been to, you know, that specific event, but uh, my, my sister-in-law, she started doing like powerlifting. And she got really into mm -hmm. fitness and did CrossFit and started going to these competitions. And there was one, it was a fundraiser. Uh, I don't remember the organization they were, they were supporting, but we get there and there was a semi-truck pull. Okay. And she's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, yeah. uh, okay, sure. And she straps up and same type of deal. I mean, she digs uh -huh. in, she's, you know, at 30 degrees to the ground yeah. and she's like, just pushing and pushing and Pulling. all of a sudden you just hear every single person cheering her on uh -huh. yelling her name come on uh -huh. you got this one more step one more step yeah and i watched her pull that sucker and i was <laughs> like no way this is amazing but yeah like the support behind it like it, it's a new fuel for you you know oh, yeah. just the same yeah. as uh eating right can fuel your body like yeah. having having the right group of people the right support group oh. that can fuel you and and push you so far 
man, Dan, I tell my son this all the time. I'm like, buddy, you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with. You want to be successful? Hang out with successful people. You want to make a lot of money? Hang out with the people who make a lot of money. You want to be a good hunter? Hang out with people that know how to kill deer. It, it's not a, it's not a complicated calculus. It really isn't. It, it, it's just, but you know, the like, the like side of that or the opposite side of that is if you hang out with people that don't care about their health or they, you know, they, they aren't, they don't have a strong work ethic. You're going to start to become and take on those traits. So, you know, it's a, it's a hard conversation to have at times, but I think once people start to get a taste of that and really start to look at, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed today at even, even from work, work, people that can't solve specific problems, you know, and, and that's a, that's a whole nother issue, but it's like, okay, resiliency, you know, creativity, you know, critical thinking on that. And part of this stuff too, if you're doing it right, in my opinion, because, you know, one thing we've not even really touched on would be like, uh, uh, I forget exactly what category of wellness we put it in, but do you read books? Because successful people read books. I look at, I look at, some of my clientele who have really done well for themselves. And you know, what's, there's a common theme to that. Most of them are entrepreneurs. Most of them took some risk in their life. Most of them sacrificed a ton to get to where they are today. You know, one of my guys, I mean, he takes off pretty much from November through December and he hunts deer and he hunts ducks. He does not work. He takes 60 days and that's, and he doesn't, and it doesn't phase him. But when I look at what his habits are, you know, even from a fitness perspective, you know, every morning he's up at five in the morning and he works out and then he walks his dog and then he goes to his business and then he crushes it. I see more people that are, you know, it, it, it's an awful ugly thing to say 4.30 in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. But man, if you look at the blueprint for who is really killing it in this life, they aren't sleeping until nine and then, and then yeah. getting up most, most of the time, you know, it, it can happen, but, um, maybe a different business that they do different service, whatnot, but dude, the, the, the blueprint is almost identical for every single one of them. And, you know, it took me a few years to realize that, but I'm like, as I, as I coach my kids now, you know, Jack, uh, Jack 16, he's a wrestler, which arguably I think is the, the hardest sport because it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it takes everything out of you. It, it, it we say it, it's, it's sport. You have to sacrifice the most for because cutting weight, mentality it's a combat sport yeah um justin is 12 and you know becoming an athlete in his own right but you know jack's working 40 hours a week right now at a local park out there this last week what was it heat index of 106 or seven he's out there sweating his butt off justin has started a lawn care business and these kids are raking in kind of cash that i've never seen for a 12 and a 16 year old kid doing and my, my, my message to them is all right. Cause one of my clients also is my financial planner. I said, you're going to give X amount here. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. Jack, you want a truck? That's awesome. You're going to put this much away for the truck. You're going to give this much to the church. You're going to invest this much in your mutual fund because what he has in a mutual fund right now at 16, by the time he's 47, he can do whatever he wants to do. If he continues to be smart with his money. And I said, then the rest of it, you do whatever you want to do with it. And I was talking with a, a friend of mine who has a son of similar age range. And he goes, how do you get them to do that? Said, what do you mean, Jason? What do you mean? How do I get them to do that? I was like, 
this is what successful people do. They don't blow every dime they have on this. I mean, I'm teaching them financial wellness is what I'm doing, that you can delay gratification. Just like that person that wants yeah. to lose weight. If you keep eating the hot fudge sundae because you like it and it tastes good right there on the spot, you're never going to lose weight. You know what tastes better? Losing 20 pounds and then having a small ice cream sundae once a week because you want it, not because you're eating it because of you're using, I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm stressed, I'm this, it's habit. That tastes way better than just smashing your face with crap every night. So it's the same message I give my kids. You want to be successful. Well, here's the blueprint that you need to do. And they're going to make mistakes. They're kids. I mean, that's just the way it is. But you set the precedent for that. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's harder to get an adult to change their, their behaviors than it is a 12-year-old kid. Set them up straight from the beginning. Dude, parenting is so much easier when you lay the groundwork. And you know what? Those kids, we used to do a lot of 5Ks. Those kids were in jog strollers from the time they have memories of whatnot. So exercise was never weird for them. Exercise was never an extra thing. They have grown up being in the gym with my wife and I. And so it's, we go as family, you know, you'll, you'll see us on social, you know, the whole family is in there doing their workout. And that's just another, that's another pleasure of this life where I get to hunt with them. I get to fish with them. I get to hang out with them. And then I get to train with them too. It's like, God, you know, you kind of want to, hit pause on this right now because it's just a great time to be alive with them. Um, but it gets better. Yeah. Like I told you, it just keeps getting, it just keeps getting better. I told him the other day, I said, daddy's getting tired. Daddy needs one of y'all to get a lake house. Cause I got the farm up here. <laughs> you get the lake house. Cause I don't really want to try to buy that too. You, you take care of that. My youngest is like, I got you. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna hold you <laughs> under that one. So. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, our, our kids, man, it, it's the same type of thing, teaching them responsibility now at four and five, teaching mm -hmm. them, you know, good financial habits, teaching them, uh, you know, good decision making, how you talk to certain people. Yes, yeah. sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And it doesn't have to be that. But when you teach them those things, yep. like I see things that I didn't have in my life, like I had zero financial responsibility most of my life, it was like, mm -hmm. oh man, I want that. I'm going to buy it. I don't have any more money left. Now I can't go hang out with my friends and I have to sit here until I make more money type mm -hmm. of thing. And I just never had that. And we actually talked about it, me and a couple of friends the other day. We're like, why, why is financial responsibility not like a course in high school? You <laughs> right. know what I mean? I'm like, right. Yeah. There's like an economics class, but how do you, balance a budget, you know, mm -hmm. how do you save? How do you, how do you put money in investments? Right. Um, and yeah, stuff like that. It's cool because like I can learn from the things that I didn't have. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I want my kids to grow up with that. I want yeah. them to learn that now. I want them to start forming good habits to where like with your kids, it's just second nature. You're, right. you're exercising. It's just something right. you've always done. You don't even have to think about it or convince yourself that you right. should be doing it. Yeah, you know, and, and I like to I like to use the word legacy as well. So I mean, will the kids follow me in the fitness industry? I don't know. I mean, you know, I think my youngest is going to be an attorney, so he'll probably be the legal counsel if this thing ever gets off the ground, like I'd like to have it be. <laughs> but you know, like even with the farm, um, you know, it's forty acres. I'd like to add to it at some point because my my like vision of like the perfect life would be ha having something that you could play on, live on if you wanted to. And then when it's my time is to, Hey boys, 
this is yours. And yeah. you do the same thing. It's kind of like what, what does Doug Dern say? We don't own it. We're, oh yeah, it's, we're, we, says, we're, it's not ours. It's our turn. It's our turn. Right. Yep. And to give it to them and say, all right, here it is, you know, go, go to it. And so hopefully their kids, you know, and, and it just perpetuates because man, I do believe that this, this lifestyle, you know, I don't know if it's as dire as what, you know, social media news. I mean, you, you, they, they try to get your ire up. They try to get your emotions rising. You know, I still see a lot of people getting into the outdoors. And honestly, a lot of people that are non-traditional hunters, you know, older, older onset getting in yeah. there and doing that. So I don't know if the, if the lifestyle is in, is in danger itself, but you know, I, I, I love the fact that I can take them out there and we're sharing these experiences. We're filling our freezers. Um, you know, the other night we, we did a DIY with Jack's Turkey fan. So he was so excited. He just, he was up at Cabela's and he bought one of those, you know, cheapy little uh, fan holders and we put it on his wall and he was just, you know, over the moon. And I was like, God, this is, you know, the YouTube video that I made for, uh, for both those boys, Jack's was a little bit longer because the Turkey just danced out there forever. And usually I try to keep those type videos like three minutes or less because you get longer than that. People really aren't going to sit there and watch a 20, 25 minute video. This thing ran like six, seven minutes and I was editing it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care if anybody watches the whole thing or not. I'm going to watch the whole hunt. And, I'm, and I have, and I've sat and I've watched that six minute loop five, six times in a row, just the moment of truth. And when that bird came in and watching that and seeing his emotion and his reaction, the best, the best mistake that I ever made, and I've got it was jack's first year he shot a little yearling doe with a 243 completely with the shot he hit it in the neck he was aiming he said he was aiming at the uh at you know heart lungs and uh i had an old an old cheap kodak camera there and i double punched the button so i missed the kill shot completely but what i got was when i hit it again all you don't see anything it was pitch dark um the camera had fallen down, but you can hear, you can hear his voice and he's almost crying. And the hug that he gave me, Dan, is a hug that I've never had from any human being in my life up to that point and haven't had since. It was pure, unadulterated joy. And I think he was 10, maybe 11 years old, something like that. And we got that little dope pelt on his wall upstairs right now. You know, both boys, they killed does their first time out. I said, you know what? I killed a doe my first time out and we did not get it tanned. I was like, you're, you're getting it tanned. I said, you, you may not have it up there if you kill bigger bucks and whatnot, but I want you to have that because that's what started the whole, the whole thing right there. So it's fun stuff. Yeah. I, I'm super excited for that this fall with my son, you know, yeah. hopefully he, he, has a good time more than anything like mm -hmm. the the pulling the trigger and dropping a deer is secondary it is um but but also like i want that moment i want him to just be like shaking yeah. with excitement you know like can't can't yeah. control himself and there's something about it i i noticed like i've never had to tell my kids bucks are cool turkeys are awesome mm -hmm. they just follow mm -hmm. me around and if i'm on my bike and they like surf, they surf on the crossbar on the bike and they hold inside yep. the handles where I've got. And then they basically sit between my legs and we'll just ride around the property. And every time, yeah. dad, dad, yeah. a turkey, a deer. 
And it's just because yeah. they've watched me. I mean, they they know that that's something I get excited about. And now they're excited yeah. about it without me ever having to convince them. And uh, back to the legacy thing. I think it's yeah. the same thing with you and your boys. You know, they're going to watch you and they have. And uh-huh. they're they're going to learn these things from you without you ever having to give a speech and convince them that it's right or it's good. Right. They're just going to see the lifestyle that you live in yeah. and imitate it. You know, I think back this, I don't know how old I was, but this image is, is burned forever in my mind. Um, my grandfather and my uncle were going to go on a, on a fishing trip and where they were going, they were going to Norfolk, uh, Lake down around the white river and, and, uh, uh, uh what's the other one slipping my mind right now. But anyway, and I remember standing outside the house as they were packing up, they had an old pickup truck, old Ford with a camper shell on it. And they had sleeping bags back there. And grandpa was wearing his red checkered flannel and whatnot. And I just wanted to go so bad and they were like son you're this is this is this trip's not for you but i remember that and kind of like what you just said and i did the exact same thing with my sons is i never forced them to go grandpa never forced me to go hey we're gonna go cut some wood i've got the 410 we're gonna kick up some rabbits you want to come with us yeah yeah and so my love for the outdoors was predicated on the fact that you know i had that image of what adventure at least what i thought it was going to look like you know and then the fact that he just shared his time with me and, and again, he taught me things, but very rarely was there some kind of monologue or, you know, there, there was gun safety. That was a yep. big one. I remember, I remember his, his talk on that. And I've given the exact same talk and scenario to my sons. Um, you know, certainly, you know, when it came to, you know, with, I, I cut my teeth rifle hunting. You know, I've only been bow hunting maybe 10 years. So, I mean, we were, we were full on out orange army forever. That's how he, that's how he hunted. That's how he taught me. That was a trip. We, we went down around West Plains, Missouri. We had a property down there. And my first 20 years of deer hunting was really Southwest Missouri, you know, during, during the rut. That, that's what I knew to be. I didn't even think about bow hunting September or December. Yeah. It was, here are these three days, you know? So one day I was sitting there in college and I'm like, God, you know, I could hunt other days. And it just, it was like this magical epiphany. It's like, huh, I could have been hunting more days. Well, you know, and it's like, wow, but I don't know, man, it's, uh, it's just it's a cool lifestyle. And I've got clients right now that look at me and they're like, you go out at what time in the morning and sit there in the cold and the rain and whatnot. And I'm like, it's great. You've never seen a sunrise over a duck marsh. You're, you're missing it. You're flat out missing it or sunset for that matter. And yeah. uh, there are some folks that don't get it. They don't appreciate it. And I feel bad for them because they just don't understand what they're missing. Oh yeah. It's, it's different. I, I tell people this and my listeners have probably heard it a thousand times now, but there's something in our bones. I mean, it's in our DNA, it's in our blood that mm-hmm. pushes us to the outdoors. I mean, as long as, as long as humans have been around, We've been mm-hmm. gathering and hunting. The only thing that we've done longer than that is procreating, you know, like right. reproducing. Other right. than that, like this is this is part of who we are yeah. as a species. And yeah. uh, when people get out there, I hear so many new hunters say it's almost a religious experience. Yeah. They're like there's just something that clicked. Something was mm-hmm. right about it. And there's people all the time. And me, having hunted for so long, I go out there and, you know, I've got an objective. I want to go and, you know, shoot a limit of birds or, you know, catch a bucket full of frogs or whatever. And I, 
sometimes I catch myself putting too much emphasis on that and not yeah. being present in the moment. Yeah. Um, but then I've got people that come out and they don't pull the trigger. This mm -hmm. last year, I took some guys out to Colorado, a unit that not, none of us had ever even been to before. Um, most of these guys hadn't elk hunted. We came away with empty coolers, didn't mm -hmm. shoot a single thing. And the stories that we have from that and the experience, like that's what, that, that was it. If right. all we did was come out here, see the sites that we did and sit around the fire and chat, yeah. totally worth it. And yeah. so I think, I think that's something that I really, I try to work on with my kids because I feel like growing up, I definitely formed bad habits when it came to hunting. It was like, this is the way you do it. Don't mm -hmm. change it. Like, this is just how you hunt. And one thing I really want to instill in my kids and anybody who reaches out to me for advice on hunting uh, is always be a student because yeah. there is not a way to hunt. There are so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And if someone tells you this is the only way to kill a big buck, I would quit listening to them. <laughs> you know, right. like right. there's definitely tips and tricks that are going to help you. Mm -hmm. And there's things that are completely opposite of that that could also work very well if you implement them the right way. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, being a student of anything, you know, always reading, mm -hmm. just, just, gathering knowledge as much as you can and then you can sort it out you can do trial and error and figure out hey this works when i'm turkey hunting it works to sit in one spot and i call the birds and that's what i've found that works for me right. that right. was not it i struck out the first four five years that i yeah. sat yeah this actually this year is the first year that i have called a turkey in and killed one the right way yeah normally I'm going after them. Like I'm, I'm crawling, mm -hmm. I'm having to get in front of them and they're mm -hmm. working towards me and I'm mm -hmm. shutting up because I'm not a good Turkey caller. And as yeah. hard as I try, I almost choke on that Turkey call every time. <laughs> so yeah, I think always being a student is definitely, definitely something that people can put into practice and you're going to be better for it one way or another. hundred percent. So well, Jeremy, I really appreciate you hopping on, man. I, this was this was a treat. I, I definitely enjoyed our conversation, and we're getting close to an hour. I want to respect your time, and I know uh, I've got a 37-week pregnant wife downstairs that I'm going to go take care of. So yeah. uh, before we hop off, though, I want to give you an opportunity to share where people can find you, where they can connect with you, because you guys are running a great program. You're helping a lot of people, and I'm sure this is going to be appealing to anyone listening. Yeah, I appreciate that. So Instagram is just fit to hunt official. You know, you can find us there and we put out, like I said, a lot of content. Um, Facebook is just fit to hunt. Our website is www.stayfittohunt.com. So you spell it all out, F-I-T-T-O-H-U-N-T. And then I think the hidden gem is that I think our YouTube channel right now has roughly 360 different exercise videos on there so if you're sitting there and you're like man i want a new move hop over take a look hit subscribe because we're loading new content and you know we're not by but we are not videographers <laughs> we that's not that's not our goal but we do try to put some cool stuff out there and um, it may not be the cleanest prettiest stuff in the world but it should be stuff that's entertaining and it should be stuff that's going to make you a better human and that's that's what we want at the end of the day so appreciate you having us on man yeah, absolutely. And we'll be in touch because I'm going to, uh, I'm going to need some help. We're hitting the road in August yeah, and we're going to be traveling for like six months and I've got to figure out a good fitness routine 
for while we're traveling in an RV. Obviously, I can't bring a whole gym with me, but I'm definitely going to have some core pieces of equipment to keep us in shape. So I got you, man. Hit me up. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, bud. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I hope you guys are motivated and inspired and encouraged by that podcast. I had a ton of fun talking to Jeremy. He opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I definitely look forward to, like, as I said at the end, connecting with him and figuring out what kind of plan, what kind of preparation I can put in place for when we're on the road traveling, just to be more well-rounded financially and mentally and physically, uh, to be the best dad and husband and employee and podcast host that I can possibly be. Uh, His program has so much. There's so much that you can benefit from. And so please go check him out. Reach out to him if it's something that you're interested in doing because seasons are just around the corner. I mean, it's already the middle of July, which means we only have about a month until a lot of seasons start across the country. So you should be out there getting prepared, whatever that looks like for you. And I think Jeremy can help with a lot of that. But until next time, get out there and chase a new adventure.